You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Colton Molesky back again. You know what time it is. It's time for some Locked On Timberwolves. And I want to talk about the draft. I want to talk about prospects. We had a full weekend of college basketball. I don't know about you, but got off early Friday morning. If you don't know, I, I recently accepted a position as the morning producer at KSFY in sunny and beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And so I I get there at about about 10.30 p.m. the night before, and I'm putting together the script, putting everything together, making sure the graphics are in order, making sure everybody's videos are in the right spots, writing the script, communicating with anchors, with reporters, and then around... Uh, a couple hours before the morning, about an hour before the morning show, uh, getting everything in the final places, booth in the show, and so right around for after five to seven is when the KSFI morning show goes down. So right around seven thirty after the post show meeting, seven forty, I'm rolling into rolling into bed, and so at four, or excuse me, at fri- Friday. At eight o'clock, I lost my train of thought there a little bit. I uh, I got distracted by thinking about Zion and how great he was. Uh, but at about seven forty, rolled into bed Friday, and from Friday until Sunday night when I went back to work, I was consuming nothing but college basketball. And of course, I watched some Thursday as well. But I basically did not move from my couch all weekend watching college basketball mixed in. I had some sprinklings of the NBA. Obviously, the Timberwolves played the Grizzlies, watched that game, watched some NBA, but basically just 48 hours of basketball. It was wonderful. I will never complain about that. It was amazing. I enjoyed every second of it. And so coming out of that, I really wanted to talk about a couple of these prospects. And so I'm going to mention a few prospects. I'm going to mention a few guys who are in the tournament. There's a couple guys that are not in the tournament, at least one that I want to talk about that's not in the tournament. But most of these guys are in the tournament. And I would love to hear after this show, tweet out at me what your thoughts were on some of these guys uh, who are in the tournament, who you're watching. Tell me who you like for the Timberwolves. So we're going to get to all of those guys but first, let's t- check out the Timberwolves' draft position right now. So according to Tankathon, is what I'm using. And the Timberwolves are sitting right there at 11, 33 and 40. Had to win that game. Uh, but 33 and 40, they are in the 11th spot. The team's kind of around them, jostling around them. You have the Lakers at 32 and 41. They're at 10. And at 31 and 44, the New Orleans Pelicans are 9th. And then right after the Timberwolves at 12th, Charlotte 34 and 39. So the next couple of games could really, really big for the Timberwolves the next couple of weeks. If you close out this season and maybe they win, they lose seven of these games, it's possible that they could jump all the way up into that, that seven, eighth spot right now, the Memphis Grizzlies and technically the Dallas Mavericks are tied for that uh, sixth spot at 29-44. Obviously, the Dallas pick goes right to uh, right to Atlanta because of the trade last year for Luka Doncic. But 
you have the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies at that tied at that sixth spot. But the swing is literally there. That's four wins difference between the Timberwolves and those two teams right now. And you're moving up from the 11th to the sixth spot. So it just goes to show that if they lose the bulk of their games here, closing out the season, they could significantly boost their draft stock. Especially because you have teams like Washington in there at number 8, 30, and 44, who are still trying to win games. Bradley Beal is still in these games trying to win games. They are still trying, for whatever reason, I mean, he's a gamer, uh, but they're pushing. And so they might still, I know they've lost four, but they might still try and win some games. That would be really helpful. Uh, You have a team like the New Orleans Pelicans. Maybe they squeak out a couple more games than the Timberwolves. All of a sudden, you're sitting at the 7th, 6th spot. And it becomes really good. Now, I know as we get closer to the draft and as we're watching March Madness, we get excited about more prospects. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of great players going into this draft. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of great players in college this year. Definitely not. And I think that I, I heard this, I think it was, I think it was Kevin O'Connor for great uh, rights and and uh, is on a bunch of podcasts about basketball, writes a ton of stuff about basketball. Fantastic writer. Absolutely fantastic. If you haven't read him, this isn't any kind of plug. We don't have a partnership or anything. But if you haven't read Kevin O'Connor on The Ringer, you definitely should. He's a fantastic writer about if you enjoy reading about basketball. But he said something about how uh, he said something about how when the draft is really deep, and I'm paraphrasing here, but when the draft isn't really deep, is not really deep, then you're going to end up with a lot of role guys. And so a bunch of these guys are going to get appreciated, maybe a little past their value, but that's just because we're looking at a draft where there's a bunch of role players. And I think there's some truth to that. I, I really think that the true difference makers, and when we say difference makers, it doesn't mean a guy, obviously, who comes off the bench for a really solid 11 minutes. When we mean difference makers, we mean guys who are going to swing moments and quarters and games at some point in their career. And I only—I think there are only about six, seven of those guys maybe. And that's still a lot just considering what it takes to swing a game and what kind of player it takes to swing a game. But at the same time, prior drafts, you're looking at and there seem to be like like four blue chip guys and 12 guys who could swing a game, 13 guys who could at some point swing a game. Because, again, those kind of guys are just starters. They're not blue chippers. There's been a couple drafts over the last couple of years where, they're, I mean, hell, last year's draft probably has three blue chippers in it. And so that maybe seem, makes this draft seem a little light. I'm not saying that there's not good prospects outside of seven picks, and there will be some great role players found, and there's going to be some gems who show up on a team like, I don't know, like the Warriors, like a Jordan Bell, and are all of a sudden this great player who plays in this very specific role and is very good at that. And those are great. Those are great picks. But as far as difference makers, there are probably only six, seven of those guys. Maybe eight. Maybe. Maybe eight. And so if you're the Timberwolves and this year's really gone to hell after going to the playoffs, you really want to get into that, at least try and get into the top 10. 
at least really try. And I think that there are a couple of guys who make a big difference, especially for the Timberwolves, because of their specific needs and because of what they need in in their offense, in their defense. There are a couple guys who I really think could make a huge difference. But you have to get up into into that top 10 at least. You really do. You really do. Because... When you when you start sitting outside there, and you're gonna you're probably gonna draft a pretty solid dude, but there's some guys who are gonna make a real difference in a, a meaningful way, and I want to get into that. But first, let's take a break for some sponsors. Colton Molesky here. We are talking about draft prospects. Just covered where the Timberwolves are. And now let's look at some of the players that I was just talking about. Now, there's going to be a couple different kinds of of players in every single draft, but the Timberwolves should be specifically looking at the guys who can shoot, the guys who can score, the guys who are going to take over games. Now, if you're looking at this draft, guys like Ja Morant from Murray State, the Racers, or R.J. Barrett out of Duke, they're going to be gone. By the time the Timberwolves are picking. Those guys aren't going to make it outside the top four. They just aren't. And I don't care what. I've looked at a couple different mock drafts. From a couple different sites. Trying to really. Because you can have your own list. right? You can have. All right, I think these guys are 7, 8, 9, 10. This is where everybody's falling in. But you're not really. I mean having your own list is all well and good. But you can really pick up stuff. You want to you wanna be sifting through all the data, right? Or maybe not all the data, but a great wealth of data to make sure that you're, you're, when you're, when you're looking at this thing, you're getting the best educated guess because I'm not in their war room. I'm not talking with all the GMs. So this, this is based off of what I, what teams typically like to draft. This is based off of what their needs are. This is based off of if you even think that they're interested in the pick or if they're going to try to use that pick to to leverage a, a trade of some sort. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. And so when I'm looking at all these mock drafts, one of the things that you can be very confident about is that R.J. Barrett, John Morant, those type of guys aren't going to fall to a team like the Timberwolves. Even if they somehow climb up into the sixth spot, you're not going to get those guys. So who are realistic guys that the Timberwolves can get? If they climb a few slots higher. One of those guys that I really like is Darius Garland. And I have been watching Vanderbilt. Uh, and obviously with the injury, he hasn't gotten the amount of time that you would want to see from him. From a guy who's going into the draft right away. who A one and done prospect. Obviously it's not about the amount of time you'd like to see. And that stinks it really does but at the same time I don't think you can throw away everything you knew about him going into college that got you excited about him I don't think that should be tossed aside either and so he when he was going into Vanderbilt one of the things that made him absolutely stand out was how good of a shooter he was and how unconscious of a shooter he was he's confident in his shots he can get to his spots on the floor and when he's in his zone and when he's firing he is, he is basically unstoppable. He's awesome. He can ball out. And he, he, just can, he just can shoot. He just can shoot. And you can talk about if there's an injury to factor, 
detraction. You can talk about how that season that he missed was going to hurt him defensively and how he's going to take longer to adjust to the speed of an NBA game because he didn't have that middle ground where he was adjusting to the college game and then the NBA game, kind of like kind of like getting your car uh, up into the next gear. You didn't have him notched right, and then there's going to be a little bit of a, a list, a little bit of a, a lull before he clicks into that next gear. Those are all fair arguments, but at the same time, the Timberwolves need scoring. And they need scoring from the guard positions. Whether they, just like I was talking about the other day, whether they move on with Tyus or not, they need the scoring. They're probably not going to bring Derrick Rose back. Uh, You're probably not going to bring just guys you brought on for shooting like an Anthony Tolliver back. I, I mean, this team needs scoring. They do. They really do. And you're losing some scoring. You're losing some options. And you still needed it even with those options in. And you're not getting it from other guys who you thought were going to mold into different players. And so you need to try and draft it. And the Timberwolves are one of those teams that I think are going to keep assets like a draft pick. And when you're keeping your assets like a draft pick, all right, so what is the best return on that pick for our greatest need? And you know what? If you're looking at, if you're going to be perfectly honest with yourself and you're looking at this draft as a whole, if you're not getting Zion, you're probably not helping your defense out. You just aren't. And so, what's the other thing? Their perimeter defense? Uh, yeah, maybe you could. Maybe there's somebody in this draft that could really help that. I, I don't think that defense is such a reactionary thing, though. I don't think that that comes right away either. But I know for a fact that if you get a guy like Darius Garland in there, you can get scoring. You can get buckets. And so that's one of those guys that the Timberwolves should look at. Now, I have seen drafts where he goes in the top four. I have seen drafts where he is in the seven to nine range. So as far as where his exact position is, I think that's going to be a little more of a crapshoot. I think that's going to be a little bit more of a question mark thrown up into the air. But if he's available, that's a guy you should definitely go for. And that's a, that's a great reason to try and get to that 6-7 range is because Darius might actually be there. Another guy that sticks out to me just as far as a score is Kobe White. And Kobe White uh, out of North Carolina, the point guard out of North Carolina, just in case you didn't know, he's had one of the better scoring seasons of freshmen amongst the Tar Heels. Uh, history and that's a pretty good history books to log yourself into. He's a really good scorer. He can create his own shot. Now he does get a little wild. There are he is really fast and he's going to push the they, the North Carolina Tar Heels. That has been kind of their that has been one of their staples this year is really pushing the pace of the ball, really taking advantage of teams in transition. He can get a little wild with the ball. There was moments uh, in that first Duke game, especially I. I I, I'm thinking back to the games, North Carolina games I watched. The one that really sticks out to me is that North Carolina game against against Duke. That first one when Zion blew out his shoe, and he he was getting a little wild with the basketball. There are times when his speed and his hustle to get into to get into that look makes him maybe a little sloppy, but he's another guy who can score. And he's going to, when he gets the basketball, he's going to be looking to put 
the put the basketball in the in the hoop, and he is going to be looking to create his own shot, and he is not afraid to call his own number. That's another guy that I really like for the Timberwolves as far as score. And again, both of these guys, point guards. I think the Timberwolves definitely need to draft point guards. And I, Alan was reaching out on Twitter about this and asking about uh, drafting point guards. And yes, they probably need to fix shooting guard too. And Really, I think the be- I still think the best version of this team is probably a bunch of ones and threes and towns. Honestly, a bunch of really stretchy threes that can play that f- flex, that uh, big two, small four kind of position where they're flexing in and out of different spots. And you surround towns with a bunch of those guys and then a few point guards. And I think that's the best version of this team, honestly. But you could also, if you're trying to build a more complete roster than that and you want to have all the traditional positions filled out to the, to the letter, you probably need some more shooting guard help and depth. But if I'm being honest, point guards, I, I really like when the Timberwolves were running two point guards out there. And they're going to need a point guard that can score. They will. And so... Kobe White is another guy who is going to not be afraid of the scoring spotlight. Now, uh, another guy, kind of flipping flipping gears a little bit here, a couple other guys that I've been looking at and that I really like. Obviously, Cam Reddish is one guy. Now, he's another interesting guy where I've seen him in some drafts. In a couple drafts, I've actually seen him in the third slot. And in a few drafts, I've seen him in that 8-9 spot. And so he's another guy where he could fall He could fall in a, quite a few different spots and it's a little harder to nail down if you're actually going to be able to grab him. And the rule, the, the way I look at it for these things anyways, is that when you're seeing a pretty big spread on these things, the truth is probably a little somewhere in the middle. And so I think that that, that 5-6 range is probably where he's going to end up going. And it gives the Timberwolves yet another good reason why climbing as high as possible for some of these guys is going to be their best option. Now, this is a little bit switching gears because Reddish is is obviously a, a forward. It, he's different, a lot different from those guards I was talking about. He's going to be that guy who can be a little more of a combo and full package. He's going to he's going to be a little more of that classic swingman playing next to Towns, and he's he's going to be able to do some of his own stuff. He can handle the basketball. You can run the offense through him, but you're also going to have him do. Uh, he's going to be more of that classic small forward. You're going to want him to be playing around a star and want him to be playing off ball a pretty good amount, more than he ever is going to be handling the ball. But I think that when he is playing off ball, I think that his defense is pretty solid. Again, it's been a weird season for him. Definitely not the numbers I think a lot of people were expecting out of Reddish at 13.6 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, rebounds, two assists per game but again I I think that on these type of teams where you have the Zion Williams you have RJ Barrett you have uh, you have Trey Jones you have Cam Reddish I think a couple of these guys and are going to get lost a little bit in the in the shuffle and while I'm not going to say that there aren't some games where it just seems like he is 
like he is fine with getting a little lost in the shuffle. I do think that he is a fantastic player who's just kind of been buried on a roster of fantastic players. And I think a little bit of this could be kind of like a Wendell Carter situation. And so the the raw talent that he has, I'm definitely not going to say, oh, he's got to prove it or something like that. So that's why he should definitely go 10. I think he's a, t- a top five player for sure. And I would definitely love if the Timberwolves grabbed him. Uh, he would definitely give them a lot of versatility in their roster. And he would he would... He'd be a really interesting piece to play alongside a lot of their guys. And putting him in lineup in different kinds of lineups with Robert Covington and Josh Akogi and Carl Anthony Towns, it, it would be fascinating. And I think that could be really interesting and intriguing. That said, I think that maybe there will be a little more of a growing period for that kind of player. I think that you're expecting a little bit more from him. I think you're expecting a little bit more of a complete game. Whereas if I draft Kobe White, I just want him to score. I just want him to get turned loose. And you know what? We've they've had problems on the defense with guards for the last few years, and so they'll they'll work on fixing those like they've worked on fixing those this last season. But that you're getting an injection of scoring that you desperately need especially if you're of the mindset that Derrick Rose is not coming back. And even if he is coming back, I don't know what kind of Derrick Rose we're getting. They worked him to death in that first half of the season. So uh, the expectations are a little higher if you draft a guy like Cam Reddish, and that's why I think the growing period has to be extended more for a guy like Cam Reddish, whereas Kobe White just playing like 16, 18 minutes and just let him shoot. Just let him shoot. Another guy that I was looking at DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia, the sophomore small forward out of Virginia, kind of the same type of player. Uh, The, the knock, the knock I would have on him is that he has a really slow release, really slow shooting release. Uh, I I know that everybody's seen that play from Zion and it was amazing. And it was a, it's a play that still a lot of people can't make, but also like Hunter's got to get rid of that thing so much faster. And so, with a guy who has a slower release, who's somebody I want to have playing off ball and on maybe hanging around on the perimeter a little bit more, I, I worry a little bit about how his shot is going to adjust, especially if he's in a three and D role, how his shot is going to adjust at the NBA level. Just because he does have a slow release, players are going to play up on him really fast. And so that might mess with him a lot. And I think the offense is going to be slow for him to start out. I think that it's going to be a steady but grinding progression for him on the offensive side before you see real production there. That said, the Virginia system, the way they play defense and the defensive integrity that they preach, I think that that would be great to have that kind of player come and play alongside Robert Covington Josh Okogie, that's a really encouraging young defensive core. After all of the trouble defensively that the Timberwolves have had over the last five years, I think that that kind of core signals a little bit more of a change than maybe even bringing in uh, Jimmy Butler. Because Jimmy Butler is a really great defensive player, but he's a one defensive player. Now, if you have these three young guys, and these are the guys you're kind of building this new center of a team with around towns that's a different look and I think that's a look that sticks a little better and so this is another pick I'd really like and again this is this is one of those where this is 
maybe even if the Timberwolves, again, the Timberwolves are 11 right now. And I'm look, not looking at picks in the 11 range yet. This fight is not over yet. They can still climb into that side, that top 10. So, again, all of these picks are outside the range of where the Timberwolves are at. But as far as just plausible snags in the draft, DeAndre Hunter is one of the, was one of those guys who is in that more of that 7 to 9 range as far as draft picks. For the most part that I've seen him, I think I saw one draft that had him at like 5, which seems pretty high. But anyways, he is in that 7 to 9 range most of the places I've seen. And so that is definitely the most doable pick of the guys I've listed. That's definitely the most doable pick for the Timberwolves to grab. And I I think that that's another, again, that's a, a piece that would be really helpful. Small forward for uh, the the Virginian the Virginian sophomore. All right, so those are the guys I'm looking at. Let me know who you're looking at for the Timberwolves. Let me know who you want to see in a Timberwolves uniform. Who you want to see them call. Let me know. Also, I'll probably talk at some point too over the next couple weeks about guys who have really left out to me after watching some of the tournament. Guys who have really jumped off the page after some of the tournament. Maybe that's not the best thing. Because where were they? Why weren't they leaping off the page before the tournament? We'll explore all that. But who are guys who have really jumped out to you during the tournament? Let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, go to at Locked on T-Wolves on Twitter or at C. Molesky, M-O-L-E-S-K-Y. Let me know what is going on, what you think of these guys. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in listening to another Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.